Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It was jam-packed Tuesday every which way. I get the sense that you guys are going to hear me say that quite a bit over these next few weeks and over these next few months because with baseball, with basketball, with hockey, and then the NFL, it's like, it, it is amazing to me that we will be looking up in about, I don't know, three weeks or so, and the NFL will be kicking off games that first Sunday, you know, whenever it may be. It's just, it's wild how things in life, and everything for that matter, can come at you fast. Now, as far as this Tuesday night of baseball is concerned, and trust me, we will get to the dramatics by the Portland Trailblazers late in the Orlando bubble. How about the fact if you had an Orlando-Portland Two-team money line parlay. Uh, I think somebody on Twitter alerted me that it would pay like at 30 or 31, whatever that may be. I mean, that's just crazy, crazy loot. I wish uh, I was lucky enough to have that two-team parlay thrown in. But nonetheless, the Yankees went up against the team on Tuesday that has given them a whole lot of fits. Now, normally with Tampa... The Tampa Bay Rays have come to Yankee Stadium and they have played poorly. Normally, the Yankees would go to Tropicana Field and that, of course, would end up being their house of horrors. But on Tuesday night, the Yankees kicked off this all-important three-game series with quite possibly their biggest threat in the American League and hands down their biggest challenger within the division. And let's call it like it is. On Tuesday night, they laid an egg. This Yankee team that had won six consecutive games. This Yankee team that had beaten up on the Boston Red Sox. And they played poorly on Tuesday night. And really, it's got to start with Masahiro Tanaka. Masahiro Tanaka is one of those guys that I have the utmost confidence in. In a big game. In a pressure-packed game. He has shown you throughout his Yankee career that he is one that usually rises to the occasion. However, we have also seen with Masahiro Tanaka that there are usually a handful of games in any given year where he just gets absolutely tattooed. Tuesday night was one of those games for Tanaka. He was basically off from the second inning on, missing location, didn't have a feel, couldn't put anybody away, and the Tampa Bay Rays made him pay. Kevin Kielmeyer made him pay. Brandon Lau, who has turned himself into a Yankee killer, 
He made Masahiro Tanaka pay. And the Yankees did not get a well-pitched game. And their offense put together a whole lot of poor at-bats against Blake Snell and that Tampa bullpen. It basically was a carbon copy in many ways of the games we saw a couple of weeks ago when the Yankees couldn't buy a big hit. They could not get that run home. They couldn't do what they needed to do offensively. I mean, go to the bottom half of the seventh inning where it looked like the Yankees were about to get right back into this ballgame. They got the bases loaded with one out. And you're thinking, wow, Aaron Boone's move and putting Luke Voigt in that leadoff spot is going to work out brilliantly. Because you get a Talkman walk, you got a line drive single from Frazier, and Duhar broken bad advances to run us to second and third. And I was actually all fired up that Mike Ford was coming up. Because Mike Ford has been a guy that's been great as a pinch hitter. I mean, they showed his numbers. He hits like over 400 with a couple of bombs as a guy who has come off the bench and has had a big hit in that like sort of pinch hitting scenario. He gets punked. Bases loaded one out. Down three. Voigt or Shella. The Voigt at bat, and I got to be fair to Luke Voigt. He homered in this game. He has been one of the most productive Yankees over the first three or four weeks, but I call it like it is. His at bat bases loaded one out was got awful because basically Castillo, who came into the game and he's known to walk the ballpark, he couldn't throw a strike. And basically Luke Voigt gave him two gifts as far as strikes that he basically just waved at. Like check swing, bad swing approaching him. It was ugly. And it took strike three, which was absolutely strike. I don't care what the Yankee dugout tells you. That pitch was right there. Then Urshela comes up, and Urshela has been a guy that is usually pretty good in those situations. You usually want him up with runners on base. He's a guy that you usually count on to go and get a big hit. Urshela had a rough night. He did not get a big hit. And that was really the Yankees' best chance of getting back in this ballgame to try to bail out Masahiro Tanaka, to try to bail out his poor start. Couldn't do it in the bottom half of the seventh inning. And, and you don't like the sloppiness, too. Like, Tarkman gets on the lead off the inning in the bottom half of the ninth inning, and Frazier hit a BB, hit a bullet right at the third baseman. Where's Mike Tarkman going? I mean, you got to be smarter on the base pads there. So from base running to defense to pitching, and yeah, clutch situational hitting, Everything was so poor, everything was off for the Yankees. A- am I going to overreact to one loss? No. Not when you're coming off six consecutive home wins. Not when you just swept Atlanta for two. Not when you just embarrassed the hapless Red Sox for four. But I know what I'm going to hear quite a bit over the next couple hours. I'm already mentally prepared for it. What I'm going to hear from a good majority of Yankee fans. Well, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say a good majority. I'm going to say about... Half a majority of Yankee fans, so 51%. That's half a majority, a little over that, if we're being technical. Okay, just making sure. Is that I'm scared, I'm fearful of the Tampa Bay Rays and that Tampa might be in the heads of the New York Yankees. I know I'm going to hear that quite a bit. I'm not willing to go that far quite yet. If the Yankees have another rough couple of games here, my level of concern 
will change quite a bit. Realize this. The Yankee lineup, which mashed against Boston, clearly was lacking Aaron Judge and clearly was lacking DJ LeMayu. Did the Yankee lineup, yes, with the replacements, guys who have stepped up, guys who have played well, guys who have done the job, but did the lineup look as imposing as maybe it did two, two and a half weeks ago? My answer to that question is no. Because somebody like Luke Voigt, who would probably be hitting anywhere from 5th to 6th to 7th in the Yankee order, depending on how you slice it, dice it, what have you, Voigt was in the leadoff spot. And I know a lot of the old school baseball fans are going to have this like major, major problem with Voigt leading off. I don't have an issue with it. You face a left-handed pitcher. You're trying to get one of your better hitters as many at-bats as humanly possible. And oh, by the way, what is the number one job of a leadoff man? Number one job of a leadoff man is to go and get on base. I think it's fair to say Luke Voigt's done a pretty darn good job of that since he's put on a Yankee uniform. Is it something you want to see every day? No. When they face Tyler Glass now tomorrow night, I want Aaron Hicks back in that leadoff spot. Gets on base, and he's a left-handed hitter, and then you go from there. Maybe hit Voight in that two spot. Basically flip him. But I'm sure so many old-school baseball fans saw that, and I'm basically banking on the fact that a majority of the fans who didn't like Fernando Tatis's act from last night are probably the same people telling me you don't like the idea of Voight leading off. And as I told you last night, and no problem with Tatis. We'll get to that a little bit later on the show. I cannot believe what like a federal case this story has become. It's amazing. Baseball can't get out of their own way. They got a star. They got a stud. They got a guy who should be as likable and as easy to root for as humanly possible. And now you have him front and center in the middle of a controversy for all the wrong reasons. But that's baseball and the hordos and like the old school sometimes way of doing things. But listen, I have some old school tendencies to me. Absolutely. But some of this stuff, like some of these unwritten rules, is an absolute joke. But again, I don't want to get there. The Yankees got to solve the riddle, though, of the Tampa Bay Rays. I'm not pressing a panic button. Yes, Gleyber Torres has not looked good. Yes, the Yankee lineup against Tampa pitching has done a miserable job. And you got nothing out of Tanaka on Tuesday night. That all may be true. But the narrative of this series and the head-to-head matchup can change quite quickly. And that's why you pay Garrett Cole the amount of money you have paid Garrett Cole to basically pitch in the game that he's pitching in on Wednesday. That's why you go and get him from the Houston Astros. And it's not even like playing the role of a stopper because you got a one-game losing streak. But it's this notion of, all right, this is the team we got to beat. This is a team that's kind of taken it and they've kind of stuck it to us. How do you respond from that? How do you get off the mat? So I'm very curious to see. This is like a pressure-packed game now for Garrett Cole and how he's going to rise to the occasion. Listen, he's done it plenty of times in a big league uniform. We saw it 
multiple times last year when he was pitching for the Houston Astros. Hey, deciding game five against these same Tampa Bay Rays, Tampa couldn't touch Garrett Cole. I would like to see that. Uh, That's the sort of performance I'm hoping to see later on tonight. But a rough one on Tuesday. And right now, Tampa, 4-1 against the New York Yankees this year. Not ideal. Not ideal. For the Mets, I was, and we did our odds-on sports show. Ton of fun to do. Had a little bad luck with the Islanders. What are you going to do? Things happen. But... I was all aboard the idea of taking the Mets tonight. I was absolutely positively locked in on taking the Mets. Peterson was on the mound. Marlins, just not any good. Mets employed him pretty well. I was like, I'm going to lock in the Mets. Then I find out about Peterson getting scratched about a couple hours before first pitch. And I'm like, geez. It would be a hefty price to take Oswald at like minus 155 or minus 160. And... Let's just say I'm having a little bit of buyer's remorse already because I still should have laid the lumber. I still should have laid the wood. And, of course, the Mets go out and win this game with relative ease against the Miami Marlins. And you get all sorts of guys contributing up and down the lineup. You had Brandon Nimmo, who had a big day. And you like the fact that Brandon Nimmo is jump-starting things. What do I mean by that? Hitting triples. Hitting the ball out of the ballpark. Doing his thing, getting on base at the top of the order. See, you look at Nimmo's batting average, doesn't wow you. 253 batting average, it's like, eh, no great checks. Here's what I like about Nimmo. Look at his OPS right now. Nimmo's OPS is at 913. That's good stuff. That's a very encouraging sign. Rosario's another guy that I'm watching right now for the Mets. And he had a very good Tuesday night. Gets two hits. Three RBIs, gets the home run, gets a couple of hits that basically give you a little bit of margin in this ballgame. And he has been a player this year that has not looked like the guy we saw at the end of last year. You remember at the end of last year, it looked like Rosario basically had found it. He was in his comfort zone. He was in his element. He was dialed in every which way. He's looked like the guy, unfortunately, we've seen in the first half of 2019. In the field, at the plate, not locked in, not dialed in, and not helping the New York Mets. Maybe we'll look back on Tuesdays where Ahmed Rosario got his 2020 season jump-started. But the Met bullpen, phenomenal work with the exception of Edwin Diaz, who saw his scoreless streak snapped with... Three hits and a run. That was significant to some there in the bottom half of the ninth inning. But good work from Wilson coming in, putting out the fire. Used with terrific work. And he's thrown really well for the Mets. Jared Hughes is throwing the ball really well. Pitching with sub-2 ERA. Betances, who has not looked like vintage Betances yet, but he does the job. And look, I told you guys at the start of the week, after what happened in Philadelphia, Mets got to go and win three out of four. Well, now, I'm getting greedy. Because you got DeGrom pitching later on tonight. And I know the Mets luck in DeGrom starts, score runs. And I know historically speaking, DeGrom has had issues in Miami. I remember his worst start of last year. Friday night, he got tattooed by the Marlins. It was like one of those what-the-hell type games. You never expect to see that out of Jake. But you had a bad weekend. You got to rewrite that ship and do so in a hurry. 
got to take advantage of a bad team. At least for the Mets, so far, so good. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.